0: coach Jen here and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Mandy Widrick. Mandy is an entrepreneur and business owner from New York State. She is CEO of Charged Up Media, a social media marketing company, and enjoys teaching other entrepreneurs and business owners how to market online. Mandy is also creator of Horse Family, an online blog style magazine for equestrians. Today's tip is is on keeping your horse active even when you can't ride. But first, a word from today's sponsor, Equestrian Collections. Equestriancollections.com has everything for the horse lover, from A to Z, Ariat footwear to Zoc Socks, Amigo blankets to Zilco strap goods. They carry an astounding array of name brand products, and they offer unlimited flat fee shipping options if you're the indecisive type. Stop by equestriancollections.com for a world of choices delivered right to your door. Now, enjoy today's tip. Welcome back to Horse Tip Daily, Mandy Widrick. Looks like you've got some interesting stuff on dealing with not having enough time to ride your horse. This is an interesting point of view that you've got for us today.
1: <laughs> it is, and it's something that I kind of ran into in having my own business and having a horse at the same time and um, not been having the time to ride that I used to. So um, it's it's kind of something that I found a solution, <laughs> and I just kind of want to share that with people and, and how I was able to manage keeping my horse while still running my business. And it was actually pretty cool how it worked out. So um, that solution is to consider leasing your horse. Um, there's a couple of different options. You can do like a partial lease, which means that you share the horse with someone, or you can do a full lease, which means that they – pretty much take care of all responsibilities for the horse and use it full time. So um, my horse is currently at my house, so I do have her uh, at my farm right now, Um, but I have leased her out a couple of times over the past couple of years um, to some friends. So I found that it was actually a super great solution to the, the fact that I didn't have enough time to use her because I really enjoy my horse. I really didn't want to sell her. But at the same time, there she is in the pasture, standing around. She doesn't really have much to do. And I felt bad for just, you know, going out a couple times a day, taking care of her, feeding her, making sure everything was good. Horses do need that attention, and it's not fair to leave them just standing around doing nothing. So if you're a busy person like I am and your horse is standing around, but you weren't really quite sure if you want to sell it or, you know, for me it was just one of those things where I thought, you know, I've got... I'm just busy right now, so I, it, it might kind of the season of my life might pass, and then I'll get back into writing more again. Mm-hmm. It's just in those early stages of running my business, and I'm trying to structure all of my time, learn time management, and it seemed like a good solution. Um, so it's uh, it took a little bit of um, took a little bit of research, finding agreements and that kind of thing for leasing my course. So that's I did have to look into those things um, and look online for sample lease agreements, that kind
0: of thing. Now, do Um, do you keep your horse at home, Mandy? I do. Right now,
1: she's at home. But when I was leasing her out, I let her go to another location.
0: So I guess if you board your horse and you want to do a lease, you're going to want to make Mm -hmm. sure that the boarding stable that your horse lives at allows that. Right. Right, because there's some stables that may not. And you would certainly want to keep the persons who run that stable informed of what you want to do because as a stable owner I know I wouldn't want to walk out to the barn one day and see Mandy's horse being ridden by some perfect stranger and I didn't know anything about (laughs) it that would make me a little nervous so you're Mm -hmm. going to want to keep those folks um, informed on that kind of a thing so when you leashed your horse she went to a probably a boarding stable to to go and be a lease horse. And then did you have yours set up so that you could still ride your horse, what I would call a part lease?
1: Um, for, yeah, I really did. The first time I leased her out was to to a friend of mine anyway. So uh, it wasn't a boarding stable, but they did good lessons there. And so they used to her as a lesson horse all summer long, which was really cool because uh, my horse was ridden on a regular basis, usually at least once a day. So she was she was being ridden, she was being used Um And I could go there whenever I wanted. Now, granted, this particular person that that took her was uh, nearly an hour away from me. So I didn't go too often because it was a little bit of a drive. But I knew that she was being well taken care of. And for that, I was willing to to let her go a little farther out because Mm -hmm. it was just friends of mine. So I knew that they would take good care of her. And it also saved me having to to interview people to make sure that they were a good match.
0: Anyway, yeah. So... What kind of pitfalls might people fall into if they decide to go this lease route in that they own the horse and they want to, let's for the sake of argument, say they want to do a full lease. In other words, the person Mm -hmm. doing the leasing um, basically has all of the responsibilities of ownership. Um, I guess you would want to make sure you had all of your T's crossed and your I's dotted there, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, for sure. I've never done a full lease. Um, it's always been partial with me um, just just because that's the way that it worked out and I wanted to still have the ability to go and ride whenever I wanted. So, um, But it's definitely a, a situation where you want to make sure that you've got some kind of, like I was saying, an agreement filled out and you clarify who has responsibilities for what. So who's going to pay for getting the hoofs trimmed every six to eight weeks and who's going to pay for it you know, shots and vaccinations and getting the horse's teeth loaded or shoes or whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that all needs to be specified. And what if the horse gets hurt on that, on that property? Um, who, who pays for that? So one of the things I noticed in some of the lease agreements that I've looked at online, they even clarify um, who pays for it, if it's some kind of uh, injury or something that nobody's responsible for, like some kind of, like, weather issue. So it's like a tree falls on your horse, God forbid. <laughs> you
0: know? Right. Act, what they call in the insurance business, acts of God. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Um, and that's,
1: I've seen that on contracts before too. And now, granted, I don't, I don't know how all of these contracts work. I have just kind of looked at different ones online and I've picked one that I liked and then I've kind of edited um, the contract up so that it it had extra details in there if it needed to. Um but that all needs to be clarified. And one of the things, too, that you probably want to think about is, you know, how how is that person going to treat your horse? Even though they may be great with horses, are they an experienced rider? Are they going to keep up with the same training that you've been implementing right along? Are they, you know, what if your horse has been always rooted Western and the, the person wants to ride English? You know, are those things that you care about that you that you, you know may not want for your horse those are all things you have to think about too so it's not just you know a, a good person coming along and realizing that they're good for your horse but also knowing that they're going to be a good match for each other
0: Well that's that's a really great thing to check into for those of us who have the the crazy career uh but don't want to give up the horse that we know because it's like well if I sell the horse and then I wanna start riding again, I either have to take lessons, don't really want to that do that, just want to ride. Don't really want to sell the horse because I know this horse and I love everything about him. I just don't have time to ride him right now. And mm-hmm. horses aren't like cars. You can't put them in the garage. You know, if you if they're not being worked with, um, they're gonna lose a little something and they're not always gonna gain that back, especially when they get to a certain age. You get a horse in his mid to late teens who spends two or three years Uh, just turned out doing nothing at all, it's going to be much harder for that horse to come back to his previous level of athleticism. So it's a great option to look into for folks who are taking either a temporary leave from riding completely because of career or children, or for just somebody who just doesn't have time to ride but once or twice a week, you can do the part lease where – your young horse who needs a lot of work or an older horse who just needs regular work to stay happy and healthy. um, You can give the horse a real benefit by doing a part lease, but you don't lose any of the benefits of having your very own special horse that you know and trust very well. So that's a really great idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not too hard to find people who are interested in doing a partial lease, especially um, in my opinion. All you have to do really is you can post about it on Facebook, your horse, uh, you can post it, Ads in your local feed and tax stores, or an ad at the barn if you're boarding. um, Let all your friends know that you've got a horse that you want to lease out, um, and if they know of anybody, you know to get in contact and that kind of thing. So it's not too
0: difficult. And ask for references before you let them come to the barn. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we we've been talking to Net Posse Stolen Horse International a lot, and that's especially if you're putting out into the public that you have a horse available to lease and somebody responds that you don't know, it would be a lot of folks, would, well, sure, invite them out to the barn. and I want to meet them in person, shake their hand, get to know them and see if it's a good match. Um, I would personally recommend get references, for example, from their veterinarian, their riding instructor, a business partner, something like that, and actually check them before you have that person come to where the horse lives, because that's a really uh, easy way for people who have less than honorable intentions to scout out potential theft locations. Mm-hmm. Just saying, <laughs> to use, bar- to borrow and the geek's uh, favorite uh, phrase. Um, so it's a great way to go, but vet everyone out thoroughly and then uh, go with it. And thanks again, Mandy, for the great tip. To listen to all of Mandy's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the Ox Experts drop-down menu on the left. You can also go to her Facebook page. Just search Horse Family Magazine on Facebook. Don't forget to support our sponsors on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's sponsor has been EquestrianCollections.com. Visit them today for a world of choices delivered right to your door. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like us to cover on the show. You can subscribe to all of the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zoom and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zoom, or MP3 player. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse!